Good day everyone, you're listening to Time Your Hobby, and this is episode 223. Let me just, you know, throw you. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Tim as my guest in the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Tim and I are friends on the Twitter space, Twitterverse, and we created this friendship there. And Tim is a pretty awesome down-to-earth human being. You definitely should go check out his podcast, but we'll talk about that a little later. But first, I just want to give praise to Tim the man, Tim the, the awesomeness person. So Tim, thank you for coming on, and uh, I cannot wait to share your hobby with the world. Fantastic, man. I can't wait. But before we share your hobby, let's share a little bit more about Tim. If, if you don't mind me asking, who is Tim? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, my name is Tim McCarthy. I host the podcast 20 Tim Minutes. It's a podcast that focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. I'm just a normal down-to-earth dude just talking about my problems and everything else mental health in the world. And uh, yeah. That's perfect. I will... I was going to say, put that down below, but we didn't say yet where we can find you. So where can people find you online? Oh, fantastic. You can find me pretty much anywhere, 2010minutes.com. You can search 2010minutes on Google, social media. You'll find me. That's 20 with a two zero and then 10 minutes with one M. Easy to find me. Just type my name in and come say hi. And you're also on MySpace, right? Yes, I'm, I'm, you're in my top eight. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm like one of those close friends. I can't remember what it was for MySpace. It was something along those lines. Nice. Yep. Yeah, it's making a comeback, kids. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, you're missing out. <laughs> it's, it's, it should be coming. No, we should bring it back. Me and you make it cool again. Yeah, it'll be like our new platform for podcasting. It was MySpace, my yes. podcast space. Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. That's actually a great idea. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> It's not like we already have enough on our plates. Yeah, we want to make our lives more complicated. <laughs> seriously, seriously. But you know what? To make things more simple, we're going to be talking about things we enjoy. And today, we're going to be talking about jujitsu. Now, right before this episode started, Tim and I were talking. I asked him, what kind of jujitsu does he do? And Tim said, Japanese, because there's Japanese jujitsu. Sorry, no, he does Brazilian. There is Japanese yep. jujitsu and Brazilian jujitsu, and Tim does Brazilian. So, Tim, I'm not going to ask you what's the difference because I, I have a feeling people will learn that along the episode, but I'm yep. going to go to the beginning of how did you get introduced to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? So Jiu-Jitsu, I first learned about watching the UFC and I always wondered what the boring stuff was on the ground when people were just rolling around. I was like, why don't they just stand up? And then I learned more about it. And uh, so I always was uh, interested in training, but I was too nervous to sign up at a gym until I went to like a uh, a punk show and I ran into a guy. I don't know how we started talking, but we knew a mutual friend and he trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and like I lit up and I was like, oh, dude, I was like, what gym do you go to? Like, how long you been doing it? Blah, blah, blah. And I ended up getting his, uh, his card and then I found out what gym he went to. So I kind of felt like I had that in. So then I contacted the gym and made sure he was there because I had like a safety blanket at least where you walk in. You know, when you walk into a place and you're looking for somebody and you can't find them and how awkward that is. So. That pretty much happened to me, but I did find them, and that's when uh, that's when it started. You know, lie when you said you were at a punk show and you're talking about jujitsu, I'm like, did just everybody in the punk show start doing Japanese or Brazilian jujitsu? Is like, is that what people do at punk shows now? Yeah, instead okay. of kung fu fighting, it was jujitsu. <laughs> like just in a punk show, yo, because everybody knows punk and Brazilian jujitsu go hand in hand, right? Yep, that's very true. <laughs> a bunch of punks on the mat. <laughs> Okay, so that was cool. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. That whole feeling of like going in a room, trying to look eye contact for that one person you know. So when you did go there, what was your 
first experience? What was the feeling that was going through you when you were doing it? Oh man, I was, uh, well, first off, I was super anxious just going in. I I deal with anxiety. So I uh, ate a lot of Ativan before I went in, which is like a uh, anxiety medication. So like I was just psyching myself up to go in. And uh, yeah, I went in and they put me with the women and the children on my first day to see if I, I would be humbled. And yeah, I was graciously humbled real quick <laughs> by uh, kids under the age of 15 and women that were smaller than I am. And I'm a small guy. But yeah, I got humbled real, real quick when I first started. Now, did that encourage you to go back, let's say, within the next few days or you took a break and like, all right, I need to really get myself mentally ready for this? I think I took off like a couple days because my arms were really sore. Like I couldn't like bend my arms up and down, like my shoulders were just stiff. Uh, so I did go back because I knew I, in my head, I knew it was a test that they probably do that to every new guy or new girl that come in to see like, oh, okay, like can you handle other people be beating you up that's half of your size? So I took that and I was like, you know what? They are testing me and I don't want to, I don't like, not, I didn't have a thought of quitting, but I was like, when I went back, I was like, all right, I'm going to beat this 15 year old up at one point. <laughs> Little Timmy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's only yep. one Tim in this class and it's me. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how often do you go nowadays? I used to go a lot and I was like, I was training really hard. I was like, I was down on weight a lot and then just life kind of got in the way. Um, I have a lot going on in my life right now and then add on the podcast and work. I don't go often as I was, I like to, I used to go about three to four times a week. Now I'm struggling to go like once every two, three weeks. Um, so I'm trying to change that to like every two weeks. I actually just went today just to get prepped for this episode. I was like, you know what? I usually have interviews like too early in the day. I was like, yours is at 8.30 PM on a Eastern standard time. And I was like, you know what? This is perfect. So I, I got to go today and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun today. Uh, everyone missed me. So that was a good feeling. And that kind of brings up an interesting concept because people pick up a new hobby and to motivate themselves to do different things. So for you, if you have an answer, what is your biggest motivation to continue to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? That's a really good question. I think the biggest motivation is just other people and seeing how well they're doing and not even like a, a way of being jealous, but envious in a way. It's like, I love seeing my friends like progress and, and upgrade their belt and, and all that. So it's like, I want to be a better version of myself. And I'm a little bit overweight right now for my liking. Like I was I was training uh, for competitions. I was weighing like 145 pounds and now I'm walking around a buck 70. So I'm like, I, I need to get back down there. So I think that's my biggest motivation is just getting back in shape. And do you ever train at home as well? Or just, you know, on the way to work or I don't know, on the way to work, you just bust out some Brazilian jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, there's, there's little things you can do on your own. You definitely need like a partner unless you mm -hmm. have like a, a dummy to play with. So you can work on your grips. Uh, you can bring like to you can bring like your gi top to the gym and kind of work on that. Or like you know like those little like I forget what they're called like those hand things that you squeeze for like your grips like the black metal things. You know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about? I yeah, feel yeah, what they're yeah. called. The, the like grips, hand grips. I don't the know hand grips is with the springs, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and this might be hard to identify, but what would you say is your strongest quality? Would it be speed, strength, agility? Um, mental games where you can like just mess with the people by just staring at them. It's like, I'm in your head. Oh man, that's the opposite of me. I, people <laughs> get into my head real easy. I, I pride myself actually on my defense. Um, mm. cause that's the first thing I had to learn was not get killed. And, uh, so I, I try to turn my defense into offense. So a lot of people will be rolling with me and I let them do what they want to do and they, they get frustrated or I see them exploding a little bit. I'll try to sneak in right there and like flip, flip the, uh, 
flip the script on him a little bit. But no, I really pride myself on defense. A lot of people say I'm uh, not annoying, but it's very aggravating sometimes rolling with me. And uh, a lot of people say that I'm getting stronger, which was a which a great um, great thing to hear. I was like, oh, thank you, man. It's like a great compliment from hearing from another guy. You know what? It sounds very odd saying this, but it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a boxer. And it's just, he doesn't really attack. He sucks at attacking, but he can take the blows until his opponent gets tired and then he goes for the uh, finishing blow. That's <laughs> a great episode. That's a great episode. When he goes up against uh, Mike Frederick Tyson. Tatum. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a Mike Tyson ripoff. His name is Dredrick Tatum. I, yeah. I absolutely love that. And then Mo shows him his boxing glove with the Bob Y. He's like, ah, that's the stinger. Can't use that no more. <laughs> but that's what I was just picturing. Like, you're like, yeah, you just wear them down. It's like when they're already tired and exhausted. You're like, all right, you're out. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Especially if they're a lot bigger than me and less, um, less experienced. I like that a lot because I, I, I know they're using a lot of their energy because I'm a littler guy. So they're trying to like squash me a little bit. I'm just like, all right, just wait for your moment. Wait for your moment. Okay. With that in mind as well, how long does it take you to analyze an individual's pattern? So you're in a fight, you're just seeing how they move or how they react. How long does it take you to determine what's going to be the best move for you to counter? I think it depends on the other guy's rank. I think white belts are very predictable. Uh, I'm currently a blue belt. So other blue belts I know because I grew up with them pretty much in a sense. So I know what they're kind of doing, but once you get to the skilled players, they know how to switch it up a lot. So you got to expect the unexpected, but it's pretty quick with the with the white belts of what they're doing and where they lack and, and where you want to help them. So, yeah, I would say I would say it depends on the the rank. And do you have, uh, I would say, I'm gonna say like a signature move or a move that you just love to use? I like doing this one where like um, so it's a move where it's it's open guard where the guy's feet are between my legs. So I like to trap one of his legs where my knee is and my shin and I hold his foot down so he can't get out. And then I slide over that knee so I can get perpendicular with him, like kind of like a like a T. So that one that one's a fun one that I like to do and, and, and go over. Or this is a good one for anyone out there. So we all know what a rare naked chokehold is, right? You know what that is? Oh, uh, yep. Obviously. Yep. I do okay. it every Tuesday. Yep. Yep. So if anyone <laughs> does that to you and they cross their feet between your legs, just wrap your own legs around their feet and just squeeze because their ankles will just go right into each one another and just absolutely hurt. So you can actually make somebody tap out from that. So if anyone tries to choke you and their legs are wrapped around you and they're crossing their feet, just just cross your feet right over theirs and they'll tap right out. Interesting. So you're telling me if my son does that to me, that's what I got to do? Yes. Or just or just fall right on your back. <laughs> yeah. Me being what, six foot two, 180. My son being like under three feet. He's one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can win that fight. Right. Oh, yeah. He must not be afraid of heights then. Jeez. <laughs> if he's climbing all that way, all that way. Yeah. Oh, man. Props yeah. to him. Yeah. He's a he's a little climber for sure. And this this might be hard to answer, but what would you say is the best part? about brazilian jiu-jitsu on an emotional and personal level the best part about it is getting your butt kicked because you can go in there <laughs> yeah right you can go in there with like all the worries in the world and just be mad like i've gone in there and i'm just like upset and just like very angry and like you try to take it out on somebody but they just beat you up and you're like ah oh, man it's like it's like this is the worst thing i'm dealing with right now and like when you get exhausted when your body gets exhausted it it's trying to 
regenerate the power. So even your mind is not even worried about what's going on. Like everything else is kind of like, oh, okay. Like here, like everything's kind of good. Like I just tried to get uh, choked out by some, some girl uh, and she almost beat me up. But like, that's the, that's like the biggest problem I have right now. So it's like a good thing to get your butt kicked and you just feel great after every time. And I tell myself, like, even when I don't want to go, I just keep reminding myself that after is like the best feeling in the world. Has it ever happened that you got like at the beginning of fight, you're like, I'm ready. And then you're like, what just happened? Like you, the game was already over. You're on the ground. It's like, you have to process what just happened in your head. Oh, hundred percent. You'll be rolling with somebody and then all of a sudden they just 360 you like over the head and you're like, what just happened? There's been times I got choked out a couple of times. Not that I didn't tap in time. It was just, it happened so quick that I like came through. Like I was like, what just happened? you wake up on the side like how did i get here what yeah straight up that's pretty much what it's like it's like how did i get here also um, my mind runs wild i can just imagine you in your bedroom you have like this personal brazilian jiu-jitsu guy in the corner of your room who chokes you out every night so you can just have an easy rest like all right so i'm gonna go to sleep clap two times like come <laughs> just chokes it like yeah right, cool wake up in the morning <laughs> i wish i had that that'd be because my sleep patterns are terrible so yeah i, I need one of those guys yeah, this is, I am not a doctor, so I cannot recommend this. I uh, just want to be clear to the listeners. Do not listen to anything I say. However, Tim, Tim, you can listen to everything he says, right? Right? Right, Tim? Right? Yep. Just yeah. whatever I say. <laughs> Again, if someone's trying to choke you out, just grab their feet. Yeah. And then just yell. Just yell. Yeah. Alex told me to yell. Tickle. Yes. Tickle. <laughs> yeah. That, that tickle is the worst. Right? Have yeah, you actually, exactly. Have you, you ever, been tickled? Uh, it's weird. Not in like in your life, but I mean tickled during Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu by accident. When you have when you have friends, they try to mess with you a lot on the mats. Like I, I've definitely been kissed on the forehead by a couple of my buddies. Um, <laughs> definitely, like you try to do like things to like throw them off their game, and like yeah, you definitely like tickle them real quick. It's it's kind of hard when you wear the gi because there's the gi and the no gi. So yeah. There's a lot of hijinks that go into it when you're uh, when you're trying to just like goof around and have some fun in between uh, like courses or classes and stuff. All right. With that in mind, what is your favorite hijinks to use on your friends? Oh, man, I <laughs> I'm the one that that makes commentary during the whole time. I'm like, oh, come on. And uh, like I'm like, I'll make like noises and like sound effects. So if someone like throws me like over their head or something like that, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> And so like it kind of makes them laugh that they have like a soundboard type of like training partner and stuff. So I think that's what I do to like like messing with people. And one time I uh I was like, Oh, do you want to see me tap a black black belt? And someone was like, Yeah, watch this. And I was like, walked over to my coach who has a black belt and I tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, You see that? I was like, I got it done. <laughs> yeah, we'd definitely be friends. It actually reminds me of this time. My friend and I were uh training for CPR to get our boat license and stuff like that. And yep. we were both getting this new job and the instructor saying, sometimes you're uh, the person you're doing CBR on will not be responsive, will not want your help and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay. So my friend was like doing the CPR training. I'm like, no, I don't need your help. No. And he's like, dude, let me help me. I'm like, no. Somebody told me I don't need to get your help. And she's just like, he's struggling so hard to try to give me CPR. Like I'm giving you CPR. I'm like, no, I don't need it. I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So this is, this is why we should be friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And, uh, away from my ridiculous CPR dummy life, uh, did you ever take the time to learn more about Brazilian jujitsu in terms of like the history of it or the evolution? 
Um, a little bit. Uh, I know the Gracies are a huge family in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world. I couldn't name you all of them, but I think um, I think it might be Henzo. Henzo's like one of the bigger names, but yeah, they're a lineage that like passes on. And I learned about a couple other guys that like uh, Gordon Ryan, who's like probably like almost the number one Jiu-Jitsu player in the world. He's a American from New Jersey who's who goes out there and puts on a great show. And he's very cocky. He's very like a, a wrestling uh, figure, like over the top egomaniac like he wears like a crown to like his his matches and stuff like but yeah I, I i don't learn a lot because history to me is boring but not in like a weird way like when i took history class in, in high school i was always that kid being like why do i need to learn this <laughs> um so it's like i like seeing things broken down so when i'm training i like seeing like the fundamentals of it so i like seeing things get broken down opposed to like the history of it all like um, if someone tells me something, I'll learn it. But like, like I said earlier, like I learned something new today as well about it. And I, <laughs> I had no idea until this second ago. Mm, yeah. 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 See, we're learning something new every day. Yeah. And you, you said you like things being broken down. Do you ever watch YouTube videos on like, say some specific moves? You're like, okay, let me give this a try. Yes. Especially the moves I have trouble with. There's like a, a move called the Uma Plata, which is uh it's kind of a tough to explain, but you kind of like, you sit on the side of them like you're uh, you're driving the car and they're on their stomach and you have their leg um, underneath you and you kind of just pull back on them. It's kind of a cool move. You got to look it up. Anyone that's uh, that's listening to this, like Google Uma Plata. It's a uh, O O M P L A T A, but it's uh, it's a pretty good move. And I remember breaking that one down trying to do it, and I and I pulled it off on somebody, and I was like very very happy about it but you don't like to gloat in front of your training partners so like if you get like a submission or like a submission on a higher belt you kind of just hold that in but you you make a note of it being like okay that's a that's a personal victory of mine but yeah you never want to upshow your uh training partner unless you're like really good friends and, and you have that sort of um friendship or whatever but yeah i rarely do that i think i've done that like once yeah, no, that makes sense. I I wouldn't do that to my son. I just gloat in no, his face. No, not Whoa, at all. I won. I won. Yep. Look at you in your yep. diaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that in mind as well, not actually that in mind, but when it comes to let's say working out, it can be very tiring. And weirdly enough, maybe a diet comes into play. Like for me, when I go to exercise before I do anything, I like to eat a banana. Do you have like a something you like to eat before you do a Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something you like to eat after? You just like to regain some energy? I think uh I think I was doing the same thing when I first started. I didn't really like to eat a lot beforehand because I was like so afraid of throwing up. So yeah, I would do like toast or banana or stuff like that. And that's when I was eating really good. Then after I would have like a kale shake blended up with like peanut butter and like nuts and stuff. So that's when I was like crazy. Now I just eat my Adderall before I go. Um, so I'm like, I'm hyped to go. And it's like, uh, and then after I'll do like a, an energy drink. So I, I'm not like a slouch. Like today I had an energy drink after. Then I went to this uh, this place that's like a meal replacement where you drink a tea that flushes you out. And then you drink a, a shake and it like replenishes you. So that was really good today. But yeah, like... Um, I try, I, I've been doing the intermittent fasting. So I think by the time I went there, I was, it was, uh, what time did I get there? Like 11 o'clock was right when I started to be able to eat. So I made sure to eat like as much as I could right after that. Cause that's the best time to eat, uh, is right after you, you work out. Mm -hmm. And do you usually just like go to sleep once you go home? You're like, ah, all right, I'm done. I'm just going to pass out. 
my body's asleep right now, but I've been awake <laughs> since that. So I've been super lazy today. I've, I've been actually been waiting for this to happen so I can record my episode after this. So you were you were a priority, my friend. Aww, um, thank you. So, but I waited so long for this to happen. I was like, when can it be 830 so I can do this? I can't wait. Believe it or not, people, Tim is actually sleep talking. Yeah. There's a good chance I am. <laughs> <laughs> and just sleep walking, sleep recording, sleep editing. <laughs> yep. Now sleep yep. jujitsu, and that would be pretty intense. That would be. That would be pretty intense. I feel like a lot of the black belts I, I go up against, I take naps during during the roll <laughs> sessions. They go, take a nap, take, go to sleep, go yep. to sleep. And that's how you go to sleep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and when it comes to any type of physical activity, there's always the possibility of having injuries. So yep. have you ever injured yourself doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Yes. Uh, two things. One of them, I got my neck st uh, stacked on where like uh, my feet pretty much went over my neck when I was on the ground. And uh, yeah, that was scary. I heard a crack and then I went to the... Um, chiropractor and it got realigned it wasn't as bad as it sounded and looked but the worst one i got was i got kneed in the head by mistake and anytime it's name it's the name of the game you got to take some bumps and bruises and you might get cauliflower ear but i ended up having a concussion it was my first concussion ever and it was like the worst experience like i never like i felt like i never was going to get out of it it felt like i was in the last row of my own eyes where like mm. i felt like I felt like a million miles away. It felt like the movie Get Out in a way where like mm -hmm. not the racism part, but just like being in a body <laughs> and just being like, what am I doing? But yeah, that was a tough one because I would forget like stuff I just did. And it was kind of scary, but you, there's not much you can do for a concussion anyway. So I just took some time off from jujitsu. But yeah, that was probably the biggest one that I had. And then and probably like a couple bloody noses, but not like the type where my nose is broken, kind of just like a quick elbow to the face by mistake or and stuff like that. But no, that's a path of the course. Now, for some people, when they do suffer an injury, it kind of triggers this mindset like, okay, I got to be more careful or I'm more worried of doing certain things again. Does that, did that play in it for you? Um, actually, I don't think so that much because when you train with somebody and say you have like a bum arm, you'd be like, Hey man, I got to it's all in the training partner. And like, I, I pride myself on being a good training partner as well. So I, like when you let your partner know like hey man i just hurt my head so you can just be careful with that and they'll be like oh okay so they'll slow it down a little bit and they'll kind of work around people that are injured so if someone has like a bum knee and they want to train it's like okay just don't touch their knee um and it kind of makes you a better jujitsu player in a way because you got to do other things instead of like say you're a leg lock guy you can't get that guy's leg you're like okay now i gotta figure something out to tap this guy out or get some points um so yeah, that's always the interesting point. But yeah, I didn't really have much fear going back on the mats after that. I was just, I think it was a fluke thing. It was very, it was very random. So mm -hmm. yeah, not, not too much. And you mentioned about trying different things. If you can't listen, your partner says, Hey, my legs are kind of not working the best today. Please avoid them. So it forces you to try to focus on the upper body. So with that in mind as well, what would you say is a current thing you're working on that you love to improve? Um, definitely my overall offense. There's certain things. Um, so my guard defense is not that good and I'm trying to get better at that, but breaking somebody's guard, which is like, uh, when their legs are around your stomach and they're on their back, that one I have a little bit trouble with. So I've been working on that uh, a lot lately. And I actually asked a guy to help me with that today. Like even been doing jujitsu, like off and on for like, I wouldn't say I've been training for five years, but that's like probably like when I signed up. Um, 
but like I, I am a blue belt and I'm still in that learning phase and, and it's really fun. But yeah, I would say turning my defense into an offense where like I'll be in defensive positions and I'm like, you know what? I need to start acting a little bit more proactive instead of waiting for somebody because not that doesn't work every time. And now you said you are in blue belt and I used to do Taekwondo and there used to be competitions. Is that something you're interested in or you just want to do it more for the training aspect and the physical growth? I, um, I, I did train, but now I'm definitely doing it just for me and just for the, the sport of the game. So this gi and no gi and, uh, my first competition was with the gi and I got beat by both guys and I was like, okay, that was tough. And then I did a nogi and I actually beat the guy, um, which nogi is 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 pretty much just like wearing a T-shirt and shorts. It's like the more realistic one. And when you're wearing a gi, it's like the only time that would come into effect is if someone tried to break into your hotel room and you were wearing a robe. That would probably be the only time that uh, it made sense. But yeah, I tried I tried doing another competition with the gi and I lost twice. And I just don't think I have that switch to turn it on like other people do. They're like, yeah, going in, but and I'm just like, this is hysterical. Like, why is this guy giving me a funny look? Um, so <laughs> I think, I, I think me? I'm taking a big break. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And uh, so I think I'm taking a big break from, um, from doing competitions, definitely go and support and definitely help my teammates that need the training for it. But yeah, for right mm -hmm. now, I'm probably not going to train for, uh, train for a competition for quite some time. Yeah. And that's the beauty of that kind of activity. You can do competition or you can just do something just for training and to improve your body, improve your mental health. And I'm sure it's done wonders for both. Oh yeah, definitely. And for you, when you first started this hobby, what was your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge was definitely just being able to walk in uh, and not be as nervous. And then the other one was just uh, controlling my breath. That's like the toughest thing to do is like make sure you concentrate on your breathing because you'll gas yourself out quick if you're just just huffing and puffing. But no, yeah, for sure. The toughest thing was like going in and like meeting new people, making sure like like I wasn't stepping on anyone's toes or being out of line or doing things that are like unwritten rules, like stuff like that. So I think that was like the toughest. And you're, you're really good at triggering my curiosity for random questions. Yeah. Because I was just thinking, sometimes before a training fight or just a fight, some people may have a ritual, something they do. Maybe they're superstitious. So do you have any little, let's say, tap twice on the mat before you go in? Uh, I don't know, poke your eyeball with a banana. I, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, anything that's like, this is going to bring me luck. I, um, I just hum music in my head. Um, like it's like, a, cause I got on my show, I always ask my guests like what their theme song would be. And, uh, and I kind of do that. Mine's Dr. Octagon, uh, earth people. It's uh cool. Keith's, uh, is a rapper. It's like his alter ego. So I always hum that one when I'm like going up to do anything. Um, so I think that's mine. I don't really have any rituals, but a lot of people like bow or like slap their own shoulders and get ready. I kind of just like go out there. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Please tell me you hum it loud enough so your opponent hears it just to get into their head. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably because I don't I don't pay attention to myself and what I do a lot. So I probably look like a crazy person just just humming away or just looking at them dead in the eye and just being like, mm -hmm. just being like and just throw a smile right. in there as well. Like, mm -hmm. That's my biggest thing, actually, is, is always smiling at people. So I think it throws my coach was like, he's like, people that smile, I'd be more afraid of because it's like, why is yeah. this guy smiling? Like, what does he know? <laughs> she just gets thrown to the ground. Your collarbone breaks smiling. OK, yep. 
Yep. Don't mess yep. with him. Just, <laughs> yeah. Someone walking by you and they have a normal face or they, they're smiling at you. It's like, which one's more crazy? It's like, why is this guy smiling at me? Yeah. Why is this guy laughing? <laughs> He's way too happy. No, no. Yeah. Nobody's happy at 10, 13 p.m. No. 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 <laughs> never. Never. Uh, and also, we talked about the challenges at the beginning. What are your current challenges these days? It's just trying to get there and and bring myself to, to go. Um, definitely the challenges, too, is like, uh, is like forcing new habits and not old habits on the mat. And what I mean is like just doing the same moves and trying to like challenge myself and to be things I'm uncomfortable with. Like most of the time you're on the ground, obviously, but all competition started on the feet. And I never really liked starting on the feet because I was always nervous getting taken down. Like I was going to fall on my neck again or fall on my like fall on my ankle or something. But I've been getting a lot better with that. And I actually like doing takedowns now. So that took a lot for me to get used to. And uh, I'm like proud of myself that I got to that point because I never thought I would be. And with all this combination of challenges in mind, what would you say is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started jujitsu? Wish I knew now when I first started jujitsu. Um, definitely the breathing. I think no one told you that. They were like, don't like, just go out there. And it's like, no, you got to concentrate on your breathing a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest one for sure. Because you, again, like you can just like wear yourself out like instantly. So I wish I knew that at the beginning. I wish that like I knew that it was going to be frustrating. Like I knew, I never knew like what blood, sweat and tears meant. And I've experienced all that. Like I've gotten like a bloody nose. Uh, I've obviously, you sweat on each other. Like I've gotten people sweat on me, which is disgusting, but you just deal with it. And then there's been times I cried. I'm not even like, uh, like I got into my car and like I got frustrated with, something I couldn't pick off or it's just like, I was just like in so much pain, like emotionally just being drained because like my body's so like hurt and just like can't even move. So you just have like, that would be more of a weep. But there was, there was a time I definitely cried because I kept trying this thing over and over. And it was like a, it was like a takedown defense. I just couldn't figure it out. And I was getting so frustrated and just in my car, I was just like, I was like, I'm not going to be good. I'm never going to be as good as I think I'm going to be. And yeah, that was probably that was probably something I wish I learned too. Is like, uh, it's gonna be not easy. <laughs> and what was that thing that made you like get out of that funk? And then I'm sure you've achieved it eventually, right? So what was that like thing? Yeah. Like, right, I just gotta get back up and do it. Yeah, it's uh, I always make the joke. It's like Chumbawamba. You know what I mean? Get knocked down, get back up again. So I always say that like in a joking way. I'm like Chumbawamba, man. Um, so I think that's what it was. It was kind of it dated back to like my first day. It's like, yeah, I got humbled really quick. And it's like, I'm not going to be a black belt in a, in a day. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. So I kind of like told myself that. I think my wife at the, at the time told me like, like to make sure I go back because it's just one day opposed to like so many other days I was going to go. So that was pretty much a big one is just like having the mindset. I feel like I do have a tough mindset. I'm very tough on myself. Um, so I'm like, you know what? You just got to tough it out. and like. I'm like, I'm like weirdly into like the man up, like a uh, persona. Like I, I feel like with men's mental health, it's like, you don't need that, but there's times that you kind of need it for yourself in a way. So it's like, I need to man up and just go instead of like, uh, like making it an excuse of like why I'm being sad. Like I can be sad and cry in the car, but I can also like man up and come back and try it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's all part of the development of a human being right there's yep. moments that we're more vulnerable there's moments where we're stronger and it's in a way it's necessary to grow 100 mm -hmm. percent. and you know 
talking about darker times, I'm going to make this a little dark again. Yeah. What are some misconceptions about people who do jujitsu? Oh man. Uh, the biggest misconception of people think we do karate. Um, so I'll be like, I do jujitsu and people will be like, Oh, do like the Kung Fu stance. I'm like, no, that's actually not what we do. We're, uh, we're like on the ground for the most part. And people don't think that's like a, like a big thing that I do because every fight goes to the ground. Like even when you knock somebody out, they're going to the ground. Um, so like, that's why I like it the most. I think it's the most, um, I think it personally, cause obviously I do, it, I think it's the best martial art to learn obviously like having like muay thai or like a karate like a stand-up uh is always good because but like if i'm just gonna sit on my back somebody's gonna kick me right in the head um but yeah that's probably the biggest misconception that they don't know exactly what it is and uh yeah has it ever happened that somebody's like oh you do jujitsu teach me something Yes, that's that's not annoying, but like, so say someone's like, "Oh, I want to learn how to do a choke," but it's like there's about like seven steps to get to that choke. You just not gonna you're not gonna go up to somebody and like start doing a choke because that's not realistic. Like someone's gonna block it. So you got to do like you got to crawl before you can walk, uh, and then walk before you can run. So that's a big one. Yeah, people like show me this. I'm like, all right, and they're like, oh, let me see if I can get out of your choke. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll definitely do that one. <laughs> okay you sure you sure you want to sign this yeah. waiver first you sure <laughs> yeah i'm like a hundred percent let's do it and uh this also might be complicated to answer but what would you say is the most stressful part about doing you know, brazilian jiu-jitsu the most stressful part is is not is not comparing yourself to other people um i always tell people it's like we're in our own ships and we're trying to get to the island and you can't worry about everyone else's ship uh, getting there, like mine might have a couple holes in it and I'm worrying about the guy next to me. It's like, no, I got to worry about these holes in my game and, uh, fill those up. So I think that that's the biggest one is making sure you stay in your own lane by helping other people out. It's like, yeah, I'll help you out, but I also got to take care of myself. And speaking about taking care of yourself, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Go, just go and sign up. You don't have to work out beforehand. You don't have to be in shape. Like that's the number one misconception. That's another misconception too, is people think they need to be in shape before they go. I've seen a bunch of people out of shape. I've seen a lot of big people and the pounds just melt off and they get in shape. Like some people are shredded and I'm like, oh, would you lift weights? They're like, no, because your body, like you work in these muscles that like you don't even do in a workout because you're trying to hold up a guy that's probably like 250. So you're using like different muscles in your back. So you start developing nice back muscles, but anyone that goes, just go in there. You're going to get, you're going to get beat up. Just, just, just practice your breathing the whole time. Just focus on that while they're beating you up. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, you lift weights? Nah, I lift people. Wait, what? Yeah. You do what now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just lift, I lift people. people. <laughs> yeah. Pick them up, put them down. Uh, and I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll put it back at the end because we want to we want to show you a lot of love. So where can yep. people find you online or, or do you also have any projects you're working on that you would love to share? Yeah, um, you can find me at 2010minutes.com. You can find me on any social media. I actually have my own app. You can download my app mm. in the, the Apple and Android store for free. Uh, Appetizers LLC. My friend Caleb is actually the one who made it for me. So it's kind of funny that I even have an app, which I don't really need one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's super funny that I have one, but yeah, you can find me pretty much anywhere. And again, come say hi. 
Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and show you all the love. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, my bad. I didn't, I didn't answer that second part. Uh, project wise, <laughs> I, uh, I kind of, I was thinking about doing a vlog, but I don't know if I'm mm. gonna, but I have, uh, I have some good guests coming up. Like I just had Dane Cook on and, uh, between us and the show, I actually have um, Goldberg, the goalie coming up, Sean Weiss. So I'll be interviewing him soon. I'm very excited. That's awesome. I love that lineup. So I will put that down below so people can go check that out and show you some love. And this is a random question, completely off topic of jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love your little studio. It's it's a dream. <laughs> For me, it's like, oh my God, the acoustic <laughs> is just perfect. It's just snug and it, I'm sorry, I just appreciate it. I, <laughs> completely no. off topic. <laughs> No, I, pre I appreciate it too. The cat closet. Yeah, I record in like a little closet. I used to keep my cat stuff in here. So yeah, I got a bunch of things. I tell people it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse sneezed in here. So yeah, I got a bunch of random stuff. Yeah, it's perfect. If people uh, are curious, go check it out. He, uh, Tim posts it on uh, <clears throat> social media all the time. It's pretty, it's like a podcast. Like it's cozy. It's like you feel comfortable recording in there. It's, oh, yeah, I'm crushed. I'm crushing on your studio, man. <laughs> that, dude, hey, crush away. Yeah, you can definitely check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash 2010 minutes and come come take a look at it. Perfect. I'll put that down below as well. And now for the last question. It's the most brutal question of them all. The one that will stump you and stump everybody. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me about so, uh, Japanese uh, Brazilian jujitsu? See, I'm going to be stumping yeah. the question. I'll ask you a question, and it's one of those types of questions where it's going to uh, deflect back to me. But do you know what the <laughs> difference is between Japanese and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? <laughs> you know what? I, I was going to say, one is in Brazil, the other one's in Japan. Yeah. Um, yes. I should know this a lot better because I did have, uh, I believe my guest's name was Izzy. And uh, they live in England and they do Japanese jujitsu and they explained it clearly, but this was like two years ago for me. Uh, my oh, memory is wow. failing me, but I think one, um, I think Brazilian involves a lot more body movement as in, I could be wrong and I could be a misconception, but I feel like the, from what the movies taught me, there's a lot more flow as in it's more fluid, like music. You're pretty, you're pretty close in a different way explaining it. So Japanese <laughs> jujitsu is spelled a little bit different. There's no I in Jew. So it's J-U mm. instead of J-I-U. Mm. And it's suitable for real life combat situation. It's often taught in a very traditional setting where discipline is greatly valued. Brazilian jujitsu, on the other hand, is primary use for sport and primary focus on grappling. So it mm. is more of a flow versus like the sporting behind it. But I feel like I do both then because like I feel like we do real life combat situations because when I go, it's not really called Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's just called Jiu Jitsu, but mm -hmm. I'm trained by a Brazilian. So I feel like it is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, <laughs> but I train with like Japanese kids. So that's mm. it. I'm really confused what I train. I'm going to start asking people. You're doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'll try yeah. to combine both of them together poorly. Brapanese. Brapanese. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that will fly. That'll be the new term everybody's using. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the cool kids will be using it. So we actually a random question as well. So you say you do a little bit both. Do you do you notice the difference when you do like, oh, okay, this is something that's like more traditional, closer to Japanese jujitsu. This one's more closer to Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah, knowing the definitions now, I just learned this today, like I alluded to earlier. So I definitely uh, I threw us a, a cur I threw us a little softball <laughs> yeah. with that last question. But um, no, I think just the different like scenarios that we do, like we'll do a lot of traditional like uh, learn on like technique, but then we'll do like real life situations where like 
we kind of use like uh, MMA gloves uh, for stuff like that. So I think I think the way we do it, it's not very traditional. Like if I went to Japan or I went to Brazil, I think that's where you really get it. But I think here in the States, you get a little bit of the both unless like you find a gym that specializes in one. I could be mistaken, but I feel like mine is definitely an, a mixed bag. You know what? You get best of both worlds. There it is. Exactly. Exactly. As long as I'm learning something, that's yeah. a win. Yeah. And I feel like you're a pretty open-minded individual, so I don't doubt you're oh, learning yeah. something every time you go there. Exactly. Learn something new today as well. Learn a new choke. <laughs> it's uh, the baseball bat choke. It's a nice one. Okay. You got me going. What are some of the most interesting uh, move names you've ever heard? The Uma Plot is really good. Uh, the baseball bat choke. Um so some of them, I don't remember the name. So I'll just kind of make them up in my head. I'm like, oh, what's that one where like I, uh, I just pull the back of your neck and uh, that one is the, that one is the bow and arrow. And I thought, I thought I made that one up, what? but that's actually what it's called. So you like, you like pull, like you wrap around their gi around their neck and then you pull back on their like thigh and like, you just like pull them back like a bow and arrow. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good name too. And uh, there's like the Kimura, there's, um, the Ezekiel choke. There's a bunch of different chokes, but I think the bow and arrow and the Uma plot are probably my favorite names. You know what? You know what you got to do? You just got to make up a completely ridiculous name and just say it in front of your opponent. Today on you, Timmy, the other Tim, Timmy, I'm going to use the banana split light switch on you. Yep. What is that? Yep. 100%. <laughs> there, there is a, um, there's, there's one called the electric chair that I think really like uh, hits you up in the groin area. So that what? one's not good. Yeah. And then there's a, uh, there's um donkey stance where it's like uh when you get ready to like pl play jujitsu you kind of lay on your back but you're upside down so that's like uh it's called like the donkey pose or something like it's called donkey uh because you kind of look like a donkey in a way of uh the pro proverbial donkey i should say not a literal one <laughs> no so some people may you know morph into a donkey before they fight you never know that's true i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't want to fight a donkey anyway no they're pretty I, hey i have a question for you wicked random if you could kill an animal with your bare hands what animal would it be goldfish oh wow you, Wait, I, like, I feel like i could kill <laughs> i i feel like i could kill a raccoon with my hands yo raccoons do not give they don't care they will um, no. i was driving out my car and they look back like bitch i'm walking here all right yeah you take your time coming in no are there a lot of raccoons in your area uh not really but i feel like i could take one it's um Oh uh, yeah, raccoons it would be a tough one. It'd be a tough. I think I think goldfish is a good pick. Okay, I guess I got your question wrong. You're talking about like what would be the biggest and meanest animal I think it could take, right? Yes, not like, 100%. Okay, not okay, like I think easy, I worded it wrong. <laughs> not the easiest animal. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the biggest animal I can take down is probably a goldfish. No. Huh. Biggest animal like in like terms of like the food chain in the sense like Yeah, just uh, any animal in the wild that like you, you could ki kill with your bare hands, you think? Kill my bare hands. Jeez, that's a good question. You said raccoon. I said a raccoon. And I know, like, like you said, they don't care. You know who else doesn't care? Turkeys and geeses. They do not care. I feel no, like that would be a no. tough battle, too. No, they do not. No, they really do. Like, we're, I'm in Canada, so there are a bunch of geese everywhere. Oh, and they man. will, when they cross the road, everybody stops. Nobody tries to yep. force a goose to go by. Like, no, no, you wait. Um... I was going to say raccoon too, but I don't know. Raccoons, I have them in my area and they're, they're, they're bullies. They don't care. 
Uh, yeah. So they could, they could be, you definitely get scratched up a little bit, but I think when it came down to it, like, I don't know if you have any animals like a dog or a cat, but mm -hmm. if, if one attacked my cat or dog, I think I can turn it on and really kill. Oh yeah. Hands. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to say squirrel, but they're, they're way too sporadic for me. I could, I, yeah. Wait, in this situation, did we catch the animal? Like, is it a cage fight? Like, all right, it's me versus this animal or is it like me in the wild chasing this animal and then. No, definitely. So I think that would be a different question. Like, what animal could you catch? But no, this is this is like you're in the terror dome with this thing, and like, there's only one person's getting out. Okay. Um, I think if I had to be realistic, maybe a bobcat. If that's not even realistic, well, you're badass, dude. I don't know if I could mess with a bobcat. <laughs> I don't even think so. They're like the size of a dog and the fighting power. I know, you know, I scratched that. I can't get a bobcat. Uh, I'm going to go back to my goldfish. Okay. Great answer. <laughs> Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> Man, now you really got me thinking. At the end of this episode, I'm going to be like, what animal could I take? I'm going to start Googling all the animals. Like, yeah. Right. Three-toed sloth. You should throw that on Twitter. You should, you should throw that question out on Twitter. See, I feel like that would be get a good traction. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> then Peter will come like, Hey, what you doing? Yep. Um, <laughs> nothing, nothing. Um, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a project. It's a science yep, project. Just a little thing. <laughs> it's research. <laughs> it's Tim. Tim made me do it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Definitely throw me under the bus. Yeah. If I'm going down, you come down with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Oh, uh, so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on and entertaining me and throwing me off with all those uh, animal questions. Oh, man, you still got me thinking. I really got to figure out something now. Next time we talk, <laughs> I will have an answer. I will have a legitimate answer. I will call you at 4 a.m. saying, Tim, this is the animal. I got Tim. it. <laughs> Damn it. I thought I was going to come up with it right there on the spot. I'm like, this? Uh, nope, never mind. All right, well, I'll take some time for that. But in the meantime, what you do need to do People, go check out Tim. I'll put all the links down below so it'll be very easy to find and show Tim all the love. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast, you know, you can leave a review, uh, become a patron. I sell merchandise and I am working on a podcast board game. What? Crazy stuff. But that's to come out in the future. But in the meantime, show Tim all the love. So Tim, once again, thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. You're the man, dude. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>